0: What is the most important piece of sexual satisfaction is sexual alignment, the lock and key theory, your Rubik's cube, if you will. If you have misalignment, there is no amount of communication that's going to fix it, and it's never going to change. Then layer two, we get into what I call sexual chemistry, vibration that's gonna be energy, that's gonna be pheromones. If you can have her believe that it's going to be okay, that it's gonna be safe, that she's gonna have fun, she's likely to agree to go along with whatever your plan is for that evening. Women love to follow in that sense, but they they just wanna believe that everything's gonna be okay. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were live life on your own terms you're self-sufficient you think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum when life knocks you down you get back up because in your gut you know that's what men do you're a badass and a warrior and on the days when you forget we are here to remind you who you really are
1: Welcome to the Sovereign Man podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your man, Nikki Balu, and we have a return guest here today, my main man, Eric Everhard. Welcome to the show, Eric. Good to have you back.
0: Yeah, great to be back, Nikki,
1: brother. So the last interview we had was fun. It was controversial. It was explosive. (laughs) I loved it, and I also thought that we didn't really get to finish the conversation. So I wanted to bring you back because one of the things that I think a lot of men today don't really understand is how to be a good lover to their significant other. A lot of folks end up getting married and before they're fully committed to each other, the sex is exciting and they're loving it and they're enjoying each other's company and they're enjoying the physical act of love but once they're committed for life as it were it mm-hmm. seems that that all fades away and many men myself included i got to say don't quite understand why that is and more importantly we don't know what the hell to do about it so this is your area of expertise.
0: Yeah. Give me the guts,
1: man. What do we need to do to fix this?
0: (laughs) All right. So so we're gonna dive in on a couple different areas. Some that are um a little controversial in terms of it's very contrarian to what you might hear in sort of the mainstream media. Right. And this is something that I talk about uh quite a bit um in in both of my books and my courses. So when I'm looking at this concept of sexual satisfaction, right? I'm breaking it down into different areas. And the first, and what I've seen through what I've witnessed and also through personal experience, what is the most important piece of sexual satisfaction is sexual alignment. Now, let me go into that for a second because... Please do, because I don't know what that means. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. So, So here's the trope that you always hear out there in the magazines, on TV, with the media. What do they always say? They say, okay, well, if you want a better sex life, you just need to communicate better. That's what they always say, just if you have more communication. And that's just a straight up lie. And the reason it's a lie is... If I said to you, Nikki, I said, hey, and let's, let's do a thought experiment. How tall are you, right, approximately?
1: Um, I'm a, just over 5'11". So let's say 5'11".
0: 5'11". Is there any amount of communication that's going to make you seven feet tall to play in the NBA? No. No, right? We, can't, we cannot trump biology. And so the first piece and and what I determined to be the, the piece that I call sexual alignment is the lock and key theory that there is going to be a very specific type of vagina that for your penis specifically works. And the first time, the first time I came across this and, and when I really experienced it was back in about 2000 and I was performing in a scene with two, two lovely ladies And I remember um, performing with the first girl because they were both in the scene together. And I thought, well, okay, I'm going to keep this thing higher energy, go from one girl to the next. And I start with girl number one. And it's one of those things like five strokes in uh, the urge to orgasm hits. And I'm like, oh, shit, right? What do I do? So I'm thinking, well, okay, I'm going to go to the other girl, hopefully the time that I move gives my neurology enough time to settle down and I can keep things moving. And so I do that, everything's fine. And then I feel like, oh, I could do this for the next 30 minutes. Like everything's great, no problem. And then I go back to the first girl again, and it's again, like five strokes. And I'm like, okay, what is now this qualitative difference that I'm dealing with? Because it's, it's so qualitative that it is creating a vastly different and in some ways, we could argue superior sensory experience, and so one of the things that over my career I started to unpack was okay, well, what is this, and 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 how could we even define what these things are, right? And I had uh, a business partner of mine that uh, he was a he was an actor, and he had worked with one girl, and he he told me he goes Everhard, you need to work with this girl. It's she's the best ever. And so I was, I was obviously very excited. I said, okay, well, if he's saying the best ever, I mean, she must be. And and one day I got booked with her and, you know, we started working together and I was so disappointed. I was just like, this is like, it's like, eh, no, not anything special to me. And so I was like, okay, so what's going on here? Because there clearly is uh, subjective sort of bias, and there it has to be some way that we can sort of label what these things are. And so, after 25 years, I started to notice where the extremes in that sensory producing sort of skin texture, if we're going to call it that, was. And so on, on the very far extreme we would have a skin quality that would be the best term I could come up for it was granular. And so imagine they do it with condoms all the time. They say ribbed for your pleasure. It's like the inside of the woman almost feels like these fleshy sort of nodules and it's got this sort of granular texture that for some men is subjectively a much better experience then on the other hand you would have what i termed to be velvety which the the closest approximation you could come up with it in terms of a of a feeling of a sensory thing was uh, imagine if you were running your hand on just a, a a piece of pure velvet like it's got that soft buttery texture to it so those are the two different um sort of sensory skin textures and then you would have the um difference between tightness so on the one extreme we'd have something uh, a woman's vagina that had a very loose kind of quality and on, on the other side we'd have very very tight and it was this combination of these four factors that would create your sensory experience and so once you discover what is your mix your rubik's cube if you will every woman that you come across that has that similar sort of texture is going to feel infinitely better for you than another person. And I've talked to women about this in reverse, and they've all told me the same thing in reverse. They say, okay, yes, there is is a very specific shape, size, whatever, of a man's penis that just in and of itself, without skill, just feels better. So this is why I call this sexual alignment, because it's a lock and key. It's like, well, if, if you have a key to your door, it fits. It goes in, it turns the lock. You try to go to your neighbors, it might go in, but you can't turn it, or you know, it just doesn't fit quite the same. And so why I find this is so important, I, that the first base level for sexual satisfaction is if you have misalignment off the bat, there is no amount of communication that's gonna fix it, and it's never going to change and i've been i've been guilty myself where i've been stuck in a relationship because the woman was fantastic great personality intelligent smart i mean checking all the boxes except that one and as men you know we're in a relationship with somebody right and we're it is a sexual relationship if we want to have a sexual relationship with our significant other you know so yes we need to have the same values. Yes, we need to get along on so many different levels. But if the sex doesn't at least line up to a pretty good degree, right off the bat, we're setting ourselves up for failure and disappointment because we're never going to be able to fix that. You know, if it is a biological impediment to your satisfaction, th- there's no communication that's going to change that. So that's, Layer one. Then layer two, we get into what I call sexual chemistry. So that is going to be vibration. That's going to be energy. That's going to be pheromones, right? Is the person lazy in bed? Are they energetic? How is their personality expressing through their sexuality? What's their sort of aura? How do you just feel when you're around them? Because even when we get in close proximity with somebody, especially sexually, we'll just feel something on an energetic level. And that's what I call the sexual chemistry piece. So the layer beneath that is sexual compatibility. That is really the only part that you can communicate on because that's needs, wants, desires. That's how you are viewing the relationship. That's your kinks, your fetishes, your fantasies, right? Do you want monogamy? Do you want some sort of open relationship? Like where are you at with that? That's all in the compatibility mix because these are your red lines, right? So you may say, hey, I want you to do XYZ in the bedroom. The girl says, hell no. Well, that's incompatible, right? you're, You're crossing people's red lines, but you can communicate that at least and you can possibly come to agreements. You can say, well, you know, I wouldn't mind trying this. So there's a communication aspect when it comes to compatibility, but not when it comes to alignment. There's no way you can communicate your way out of that.
1: This is actually pretty brilliant. The lock and key theory is very powerful. You know, sexual alignment. Like, I think about my lady. I think, you know, yeah, level one and two is good from my point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, compatibility. Um yeah i mean we're in our late 50s right like Mm -hmm. i'm 56 with both of us and for me i lost a whole bunch of weight earlier this year and i feel hornier you know what i mean i feel like i want it more and she's really hot like really hot for me all the things you talked about like the the lock and key theory, yeah, she's she's the right one for me. Her, mm-hmm. uh, how she looks, how she smells, the way I touch that we touch, yeah, that fucking drives me drives me crazy up the wall. Um, but on the compatibility side, I, I think about it as I'm a little wilder than she is.
0: You know mm-hmm. what I
1: mean? I'm a little more of an exhibitionist, and um, she's a little more conservative, and. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, definitely, you know, we've been together for, God, uh, close to 13 years, like as a woman in her late 50s, she's, you know, her her hormones have shifted. So her level of natural horniness is not what it was 10 years ago, you know, 12 years ago. But I still got to believe I've got to be able to do something at this level, at this compatibility level, to help her feel more excited and more aroused. And that's where I'm really interested in figuring it out, you know?
0: Well, so if, if we were to look at, um, cause there's, there's four basic, and obviously there can be more, but there's four basic archetypes that I always think of in terms of how we can step into the bedroom, right? And one of the things that I find is useful because each guy usually has a default state. So when I look at those, you know, one of them would be uh, tender lover, the other one's passionate seducer, the other one's dominant power fucker, and the, the other the last one is is the crazy spontaneous guy, right? And each one of those archetypes is creating a new you essentially in the bedroom and why I think it's always useful if you can play within them. Because remember, like, and this goes back to even, you you know, NLP, you know, the, the, the person with the most flexibility controls the situation, right? That's right. So when you want to add excitement, rather than, you know, the woman being like, oh, well, I, I wish, you know, he did more of this or that where can you channel that within yourself and and so when i look at those different archetypes right it's like you know the 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 tender lover is the guy who's literally making love to his woman like she's like a china doll he's very very tender very respectful very slow um and there's that that just that carefulness in what they're doing almost, right? It's like it's all done from love and, and all, all of the types are done from love, but they come at it from very different angles, right? But So you've got this almost like China doll-like essence how you're approaching your woman. Then you've got passionate seducer where you're literally like you want to devour her. You're sort of, you know, it's that passion. It's that ripping of the clothes off. It's that intensity in your hunger for the woman. So that's very different. Dominant power fucker, that's where you have those moments where you're channeling your, almost your masculine aggression in a good way, right? That might be you're pinning her down, you're grabbing her by the back of the head and her face is going in the pillow, you're slapping her ass, you're doing something wild and crazy to to show a couple things and to create different emotions, right? Because now you want to create the emotion of not necessarily fear, but it's like this kind of like, whoa, he's powerful. He could do something bad to me, right? It's this, He's he's got the power and he can just take me and I'm going to just relax and let him. So it's got that energy behind it. Again, very powerful. And then the last one I call is crazy spontaneous. And this is something that you can sort of sprinkle in your relationship. Now, I've used this a lot because it's, I wouldn't say it's my default, but it's something I do enjoy, right? Whereas I'll do something off the cuff in public, but it's thought out in my mind at least a, a minute or two in advance. So it's it's spontaneous, but it's planned. And that could be, you know, all of a sudden, like I did this with my ex-girlfriend, where we were at a train station, I just started looking around, and I see the train station bathroom, and I'm just like, I go in there quick to wash my hands, I scope it out, I grab her, and I'm like, hey, let's go. And we got in there, and we're in this little, tiny, you know tiny toilet stall and we're fucking there. And then of course, some people come in to wash their hands. So then it's like, we're totally silent, but two people are in the bathroom stall, but you know, it's, it's taking that moment, that moment to create excitement because the excitement is coming from the spontaneity and the excitement is coming from the danger. Now that's not something you would do every day, but it's like, it's like adding that little pinch of salt Right. It's like, okay, well, today, today we're going to have a little bit of pepper. Today we're going to add a little oregano. Like we're going to mix this up a little bit, but it's all coming from the same guy. Right. And this is where I said, the more you can at least step into these different archetypes at times, because I guarantee, you know, every one of your listeners is going to have sort of a default state that they usually like to be in. They may like to be the tender guy. They may like to be the passionate guy. I know some guys that are, they're just like, I'm going to power. Fuck you. You know, they're very hyper dominant, but all the time. And then you have some guys that are just always a little crazy. So it's like, well, okay, where can, where can I add little bits to either create a new mood in my woman to create a new sense of excitement? Right. Um, Because, you know, at at the end of the day, how I always look at it, and this is sort of my perspective on it, if you were to imagine that your woman is a blank canvas and you are the painter, what is it that you would like to create at that moment? Because how you go into the sexual interaction is going to change her emotions and how she shows up. And and a big part of that is, is again, it's the leadership piece as well, because if we look at bedroom leadership, what is the woman wanting from you as a man in the bedroom? Well, boldness is always rewarded well in the bedroom, right? Certainty as well and I call it certainty slash professionalism uh, A clear example of that is when you're going to do something, you're doing it with such conviction because you believe in it and you are certain of it. It's like if you've ever if you've ever been to a really good massage therapist, you know and you're laying there naked on the bed, and they just grab your leg and they just move it right It's not like they're Timid, and they're just kind of like, Well, I think I'm gonna move this. No, 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 they're very certain, they're very professional, and they're like, Oh, yeah, here's what we're doing. Gonna move this leg, just gonna do this, blah, blah, blah. And that same attitude permeates you as a man when you're in the bed with the woman, because if she trusts you and she believes that what you're doing has her best interests involved, for the most part, they're willing to follow if you can lead strongly. And that's why I said, the, the strong leadership is really about certainty, certainty of what you're doing and certainty of your ability to create their pleasure. But if they believe that that, that you're going to be able to do it, they're like, okay. So that's where even if you're trying to do something a little crazier with your woman, if you can have her believe that it's going to be okay, that it's going to be safe, that she's going to have fun, she's likely to agree to go along with whatever your plan is for that evening, or whatever your plan is that that you want to, you know, take a stab at. Right? It's like women love to follow in that sense, but they they just want to believe that everything's going to be okay.
1: Damn! I took some detailed ass notes on this. Wow, this <laughs> is wild. I've gotten three tight. Packed pages of notes so far We're just over 21 minutes in That's that's pretty amazing Okay, this is great I'm loving this So I'm going to ask you this question What do you do when you're a woman Pretty much, you've been with her in a relationship for a while And her interest in sex is gone She's just not into it It, it very She doesn't get horny the way She used to As a man, what can you do What can I do To like spark her up again, you know, make her get wet again when we're together, because I'm telling you, this is an issue for a lot of men and I've run into it myself.
0: Yeah, no. And that and that's where for me, the first thing becomes, okay. well, a couple things. It's like, where can I shift that archetype, right, Um, to do something that is going to catch her off guard and excite her? Um, and I I know there's a million different examples. I mean, I've done a lot of them, right. But it can be rather than having something planned, you know, especially if you're in a situation where even if you have kids, they're at school, like you've, you've got your moments, right. It's like, you know, where can you come out of left field with something that will, that will shock and at the same time excite, you know, it could be, hey she's doing something in the bathroom I've just straight up come up behind one of my girls pulled her panties down and I bury my face in her ass before she even has two seconds to just say what the hell are you doing right I get in there because I want to get in there and I want to create I want to create pleasure off the bat before they have time to think about it all right so you can use things like that just to even and and sometimes when you do things like this, What I'll do is I'll do very much a push and pull thing. So I may go and pull the pants down, stick my tongue in in her pussy for 15 seconds. I'll literally get up, pull her panties back up, put them back on her and walk away. Because now I'm just seeding that sort of excitement and that desire in her. And that's gonna percolate because first she's like, What the hell did you just do? Now why the fuck did you just stop? Okay, interesting, right? Now she's got something to think about. Whether whether she decides to act on it later or not, but you've planted a seed and you've done something and you've said, Okay, well, you know, I'm a man, I want you, and this is what I'm doing. Another thing that that I've seen often that was sort of fascinating in my time in the business is you know women always want to be wanted there's something very primal about that and what I've noticed too is that sometimes you'll have women where their horniness will respond to your degree of mm, almost like primal lust so it's like you're there with your woman. Where are you almost objectifying her in your mind? Like, where are you looking at her like a, like a lion looks at a, at a, at a, at a wounded gazelle. <sighs> Cause we've all had that look in our eyes. Right. And they can feel that like, because they want to be wanted. Like even, even if their libido is low and even if other things are going on, you know, that look and that somebody somebody wants me that bad ooh that's kind of exciting right and i've 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 witnessed where you know there was a, a an actor in the business who was not the prettiest guy and you know there's some girls that they didn't want to work with him but i remember he would have such it was it was it was this glint in his eye it was just anybody looked at him and could tell he was horny as hell for this woman And you would just watch how her mood would just shift over the scene because it's like, man, this guy wants me so bad. Like this is sort of turning me on just because somebody wants me so, like with all of their soul, they're just like, oh my God, I want you, right? And so where can we sort of bring that idea into the bedroom when it started to, you know, the sex is starting to to dissipate a little bit. Right. So I'm always thinking where, where can I catch my woman off guard? Where can I do something that is, is just a pattern interrupt? Because we, we do all get locked into patterns. I'm, I've done it myself, right? We get used to, all right, you know, we, we, you know, we, we, Walk the dog, and we've done this, and dishes are done, and okay, you know, our time in the sack is now 9.15, so, you know, we'll have our sex at 9.15, and we're all guilty of just getting in in a very comfortable scenario, a, a comfortable schedule with our sexuality. And then after a while, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do it, and then it's not that exciting, or we're tired, and we're like, okay, next time, and you know the the thing with sex is it it is sort of a if you don't nurture it it does become a slippery slope right like you can go from we're doing it 7 days a week and then it goes to 5 and it goes to 3 and if we're not quick to recognize okay this is this is not enough for me what do i need to do to engage the other person back in this right cuz it could also be on all sides, right? Like you could be busy, your woman could be busy. But at some point, you got to step back and say, okay, what, what needs to change for us to increase this frequency? And it might be, hey, we're changing the time of day. It might be, hey, we're I'm changing what I'm doing. It might be, I'm changing what archetype I'm going to step into. It might be, you know, I'm going to play around with doing something crazy, or I'm going to play around with some ridiculously dangerous quickie, right? Where it's like, I'm going to do something, you know, we're going to do something outside. I'm going to know that we get to this little enclave where there's nobody around. I'm just grabbing her, pushing up against the wall, doing something to just re-energize their ideas about what's possible. Because again, you know, I, I said this earlier, but we can all get in a rut and the the sex becomes stagnant only because we're always anticipating the same thing. And if you can even just once in a while throw something that is so left field, like it really catches people off guard. Like I've done this many times. And when I think about spontaneity, and this is why I say the best spontaneity is never spontaneous. Every time I've done something really um, really sort of dangerous or, spontane- spontane- or spontaneous, um, I've thought it out beforehand. I've never just done it. It's like, even if it was five minutes beforehand, 10 minutes beforehand, you know, I'm somewhere, I'm scanning around and I get the idea planted in my head and I'm like, okay, how can I pull this off? Where do things need to be to make this happen? And then your your wheels start spinning. So of course she thinks my God, he just had this idea. It's like, no, 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 I've had this idea for the past 10 minutes thinking about how can I pull this off and when's the right time? But when you pull it out at the right time, they just think, oh my God, okay. And, and if, you're, if you're really about it and you are really into it, again, like I said, they mostly go along with it because the danger itself is exciting. You know, Going into that bathroom at the train station was exciting. Right? You know, that, that little enclave at the park, the little blow job at the, at the corner of the park was exciting. Like this is all something that you can just add to your repertoire, not all the time, but certainly it'll keep things exciting and it just breaks up that monotony. And the, the other thing too, is it really, at least from my experience, right? Like, the more we can, we can take charge of these things, the more we feel more, almost like a primal sense of masculinity in the sexual act, right? Because it's like, it's, it's almost got a mm, sort of a caveman-esque quality to it. And I think that really comes through, especially um, with the women, in terms of how they respond because you are tapping into your 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 primal aggressions, your primal instincts, the, the 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 things that you really want to do. And that's something I I firmly believe all guys need to follow the rabbit hole of their desires in real time because because when we when we talk about engaging your psychological hard on, that's all about going down those rabbit holes as soon as as soon as the ideation strikes and in, as soon as you're feeling pulled to do something with your woman, you need to act on it as soon as those ideas come because then you're jumping from rabbit hole to rabbit hole to rabbit hole to rabbit hole. Like you, You've got this idea that you want to do and you're acting on it. Then you get this idea in your head and you're acting on it. Then you get this idea and you're acting on it. and That really keeps your psychological heart on moving forward
1: psychological hard-on what is the psychological hard-on tell me it's a cool <laughs> term
0: yeah so so this is something that that i really noticed um as i went through my journey within the within the porn business is that you because it's something i teach the guys especially when they're suffering from performance anxiety is that you really have two completely separate pathways to your erection And one of them is unreliable, unrepeatable, but if it happens, it can be stronger. And that is the psychological erection. So this is what guys typically think of when they're thinking of erection. And this is kind of the problem because if it doesn't happen, guys get all inside their head like, oh, I'm broken. Oh, my dick doesn't work, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, this is the erection that comes when, for example, let's just—I'll let, just use you as 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 an example here for a second, Nikki. It's like imagine you're making out with your girl on Monday, right? You're just making out with her in the kitchen, and you're turned on, and you start to get hard in your pants. You have not touched yourself at all. There is nothing. There's no reason you should be hard, but it's it's all coming from your mind. It's psychological. It's like we've we've interacted with this woman, or we've seen something. And now this is creating an erection within us, right? Yeah. Problem is you might make out with her on Wednesday, nothing stirs in your pants. Why? We don't know. And we don't really care. It doesn't matter, right? It's just the fact that we have this. So it's the same thing. Like for me, I know one of my triggers, if I'm if I'm going down on my woman, that usually will spark a psychological hard on. I'm not doing anything. I'm just eating pussy and bam, I start to get hard. Psychological erection. Now, does it happen every time? No. Does it happen a lot of this time? Yes. But it still is unreliable and unrepeatable because if you were to have any um, doubts, any shame, any anxiety, first thing out the window is that psychological erection. Now, On the other side, the other pathway that we have is what I call a purely physical erection. Now this is the erection that you get purely from physical stimulation and purely from focusing on sensations. This is purely sensation-based. So if you can focus and maximize your sensations and totally focus just on what you are feeling, so there's no thoughts going through your head. You're purely focused on feeling. And there is that physical stimulation. You will get hard. So the reason why this is so important is because, and and why I learned this was because, you know, when I was working as an actor on on the adult movie sets, that's your that's your only erection that you have. Because everything about being on a set is not sexy you are expected to get it up on command. You're expected to be able to have an orgasm on command. You're expected to do all these things on command. The only thing that you can control is your physical erection because you have 100% agency behind that. So a lot of the times if I'm working with guys and they struggle with performance anxiety – what I'll do is I use something called the hint of blood phenomenon to create a positive feedback loop in the brain. So that's where we are getting 15, 30% blood flow. We're getting that ourselves into our penis, right? Without the woman necessarily knowing we're doing it. So we use sleight of hand, we use things to distract her so we can get that physically created heart on and get about 15, 30% blood flow. Because as soon as you start getting some blood flow in there, your mind resets because the biggest issue is when we are completely woodless and we're going into a situation and we're sitting there, I hope, right? Every guy starts to think that, oh, God, I hope I get hard. I hope it works. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, right? I don't deal with hope. I deal in certainty. So what we're going to do is we focus on sensations. We get that 15% because as soon as a little bit of blood starts going in there, How does our mindset shift, Nikki? It goes, oh, thank God. Oh, it's going to be okay. And as soon as your mindset goes to it's going to be okay, well, now instead of that spiral down, it starts to spiral up because you get a little bit of blood flow, what do you get? You start to get some confidence. Now you get some confidence. Your body starts to relax. Oh, wow, more blood flow starts going in, right? Because that's how it works. It's like as soon as we're relaxed, we're confident, we, we have belief these are the things that are going to allow us to, to be able to get hard in, in any sort of situation. But we need that seed of belief. And that's why I'll have my guys get that 15% of blood flow in there because that's the seed of belief that we need to sow. Got to get that in there so we can have that positive feedback loop. And I've done this in numerous, um, there's actually a, a training that I that I give to my guys in the academy where I got an erection in the town square of Budapest with tourists everywhere and police across the street at high noon. And to this day, nobody could believe that I pulled that off. And it was simply sowing those seeds of belief because I that day I thought, oh no, there's no way I can do this. I don't think I'm gonna pull this off. And as it went, I got the belief and then everything was possible, right? So it, I use it as a, as, a, as a sort of guide to be able to show my guys, you know, here's how far you can take it if your mindset is right. If you have that proper mindset, you know, anything is possible. Like literally anything is possible. You know, the, the only thing that's going to hold you back in the bedroom is, is your mindset.
1: Wow. That's pretty amazing. Dude, you're a world-class thought leader. I got to bring you on the, the business podcast to talk about your expertise as a thought leader because honestly, what you're teaching here, I've never heard anybody talk about this. I've read plenty of books on the subject of sex and sexuality. Nobody talks about this. Nobody talks in a very practical way about what you as a man can do to make your woman excited and what you as a man can do to make sure that you don't suffer from, you know, lack of a hard-on, poor sexual performance.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the—, the, the This is the, the shit, man. This is good. Well, because c- the the at the end of the day, the burden of performance is on us as men. It just is. There's no way around it, right? The woman's going to—she's going to be the one deciding if the sex is happening— You know, especially if you meet out somewhere or you go on a date or you're going to do anything with a woman, ultimately it's going to be her choice. She's going to choose you and she's going to say, yeah, I want to sleep with you. But after that, it's out of her hands. Like after that, it's 100% up to us because if she, she may be a tigress in heat. She may want to screw your brains out. If you don't get hard, it's not happening. She may want you to manhandle her for an hour. If you last thirty seconds, it's not happening. So the actual act is one hundred percent controlled by us as men, and that's not a bad thing. It's just that we have to recognize that in this situation, like we have to step up to the plate. Like there is no you—you you can't. There is no victimhood allowed there, because you're just not going to rise to the occasion if that's the case. So it's like okay, well, if if I need to be able to last longer, what are the steps that I have to do to make that happen? If I need to be able to get hard and I'm feeling some anxiety, okay, cool. What steps do I need to take to make that happen? And so that's why, you know, everything that I talk about is is exceptionally practical because it was everything that I had to come up with for me to be able to function in an environment that that is as hard as it gets right in terms of being able to to function and pull it off. I mean, you know, you, you'll have guys that are scared about, you know, okay, I'm in, in bed with my woman and the lights are off. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it up. Well, man, be on set with like 40 people staring at you in the hot lights and, and the crew members that all want to go home and and the, the homeowner that wants you out of his house and all this stuff going on and you got to pull it off so that everybody else gets paid. Like, that's a whole other level that that most people never have to deal with or comprehend. And so, you know, the the, the necessity of things, that's where the creativity comes from.
1: Eric, I am putting my hat on as the thought leader to the thought leaders. And I'm looking at this and I'm going... What would I advise Eric to do? I would tell you, put all these messages all over social media, do all kinds of small um, clips on all these aspects. And then I'd send you out on your own to do a video, and I'd say, hey, it's Eric Everhard, and I want to ask you a question. Are you a successful man who makes at least a quarter million dollars a year? Check are you married? Check. And is your sex life in the dumps? Check. When was the last time your wife was excited about having sex with you? Has it been a month? Has it been a year, two years, five years? I just go deep in that like churning up some pain for some dudes, because I'm telling you, this is a real fucking thing. And then I'd make what's called a bold outcome promise, because you've been using some really good terminology to describe what you do, so I'm going to use some good terminology. And your outcome promise is, I'm going to make your wife horny and begging for the privilege of being fucked by you and to suck your cock. And I'm going to show you how to do it in 90 days or less. That's a pretty bold fucking promise for a dude who had shitty sex life for a year, two years, five years, 10 years. And I bring these dudes into your sales funnel and I'd show you how to have a conversation with them and all the consequences of them not fixing this, like their wife fucking other guys, their marriage breaking up, all that bullshit, right? And I'd get you to charge $10,000 per head for a 12-week program. It's a group training program, group coaching. So no one-on-one shit on your part, 10 grand. And I tell them the regular price is 20 grand, but if you sign up today, it's 10 grand. And I bet you, donuts to dollars, done right, you could have a community instantly of a dozen men (laughs) pretty quickly. And I think within a year, you could have 30 men. And within two years, you could have 100 men. And within three years, you could have three to 500 men that are paying you 10 grand each to be a part of this. This is gold. But it's got to be packaged really well to the right guys yeah, you can give your, you know, your low fee stuff to dudes who don't have any money, but I want guys with money to pay you big bucks because you can change their family's trajectory with this. Well done, sir. Well done.
0: No, well done. Thank you. Thank God you. Thank you. you.
1: I know we've had a chat offline, but I, I think this is what we got to help you do, man. Get, get yourself in the game. Let's make this happen. This is gold. This has been very helpful to me. God bless you, man. Um, I uh, need to go to my next thing, but uh, I'm really excited that we were on. We're going to have you on for my other podcast as well. Eric Everhard, A Man Among Men, showing men how to get it done in the bedroom.
0: Thank you very much, sir. (laughs) All
1: right. Bolu
0: out. Thank you for listening to The Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.